Good morning, Resurrection Presbyterian Church, and anyone who may be joining with us. I'm Jer Bryant. I'm the pastor of Resurrection. And if you missed out on last week, we have started a new series of messages around this theme of cultivate. And when you're cultivating something, you are putting the necessary care and work in to make it grow. Cultivation is a difficult work. It takes time. It takes energy. And you are often fighting against hard soil, harsh weather conditions, weeds, and other things that are wanting to choke out this new life. But cultivation is also a very good work. You are helping something to come alive and flourish. And the work that God has called us to is one of cultivation, and specifically the cultivation of our own hearts. And a big reason why I'm talking about cultivation at a time like this is because it's simply a significant part of what God is doing in my own life during the strange season that we're in. So the cultivation of our hearts is always a good and necessary work, but it becomes all the more important of a work during difficult and trying times like the one that we are in right now. And as I shared last week, the image of a garden has been stuck in my mind recently, and it's become this helpful picture for me of this work that God is doing. And so what I'm seeing in my own life is that there is hardened ground that needs to be broken up, and there are good seeds that need to be planted, and there are fences of of protection that need to be put up, and there are weeds that need to be pulled, and water and sunshine and nutrients that need to be given. And there is good fruit that I hope to see come alive. And so this week and and this morning, I want to consider together a short verse from the Old Testament from the prophet Jeremiah. And this is one of the first verses I, I ever memorized years ago. And in it, God is speaking to his people during times of difficulty and in times of wandering. And And he's speaking words of invitation and welcome. And here's what he says. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And so when we ask the question, what is it that God is wanting to cultivate in us? There's many different ways that we can answer that question in many ways that are true. But one word we see throughout scripture from the beginning to the very end is this idea of rest. Uh, Rest in the Bible is not simply stopping everything you are doing and sleeping, but rest is something much fuller. It's rest is about wholeness. Rest is about refreshment, about the easing of burdens and the restoration of life. And and what I want to do is to briefly consider these three aspects of rest. And so first, you have the promise of rest. Second, you have the pathway of rest. And third, the, the person, really the only person who can give rest. And so first, we want to begin with this promise of rest, about 1,500 years ago, Augustine of Hippo, who was a pastor and scholar and very influential in the early church, he he said these words that still ring true today. He said, oh Lord, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it finds its rest 
in you. And the problem that we all face is restlessness. Now, what I mean by that is not just being tired or bored, but what I mean by restless is a deep unsettledness in our souls about life, about ourselves, about God. And as I was thinking about these words in my own life, I was surprised to see just how restless I am. Think, think about the things that, that we struggle with. Guilt. We've made mistakes that we can't take back. Shame. We feel like there's something deeply wrong with us that makes us unlovable. Pride. We're, we're always trying to find ways that make us better than those around us. Anxiety. We can't control life to make it turn out how we want. Lust. Our hearts go after the wrong things. Jealousy. We, we want what others have. Bitterness. We don't want what we have. All of these run deep inside all of us. And, and what I want to highlight this morning is, is not just that these are bad and you shouldn't live like this, but that each of these is its own form of restlessness. Even though we run to them, they never quite give us the relief and the help that we're looking for. Now, if you were to go back to the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, God gives his people another picture to help all of this make sense. God says, my people, those, those I love, those that I have rescued, and those that I am ceaselessly caring for, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And instead, they've dug out for themselves broken cisterns that can't hold any water. Now, that's a powerful picture. So you're, you're given this picture of turning away from living water and a never-flowing fountain of it and turning to these large containers of stagnant, dirty water that's leaking everywhere. And God is trying to communicate to them and to us that we were made for so much more. We were made to find our true rest in God. It's like deep, drinking deeply from a fountain of living water and finding it to be refreshing and life-giving and deeply satisfying. And this brings us to our second point, that is what's, what's the, the pathway of rest? There, there is this promise of rest that's out there, but what's the pathway to it? So in our verse, we're told the way. It says, stand at the crossroads and look. So sometimes the best way to get to where we want to go and need to go is by stopping. It is so easy for us to spend our lives going through the motions. We leave home, we go to work, we go to school, we break for lunch, we talk on the phone, we listen to a podcast, we scan the internet, we spend time with friends, we have dinner with family, we watch TV, we go to bed, and then we repeat. And for me, while this time of everything shutting down and of sheltering in place has been very disorienting, there's also been a really good part of that because all my, new, all my normal routines have been busted. And it's almost impossible to just go through the motions like before. And what it does is it makes you think about what life is all about. It makes you think and consider afresh what really matters. And, and like I said last week, I, I don't want to just return to normal after this. I, I want for myself and for us to come out of this time with a sharpened sense of what really matters. There was a recent article from a woman named Brooke Baldwin, who's actually a news anchor on CNN. And, and she shares about her recovery 
from her battle with coronavirus. And she's, she's very honest throughout about how hard it's been. She calls, she calls it a two week beating on her body. And she shares about some of the really dark places that she went to. But the article, the title of the article is really surprising. She says, how fighting coronavirus taught me about the gift of connection. And she ends by saying this. She says, I wouldn't wish this virus upon anyone, but I hope that as my smell and taste and some of sense of normalcy start to return, that I will also hold on to the clarity and connection I found while I was so sick. Now, I have no idea whether she's coming from a place of faith or not, but she's picking up on something that's very relevant for us that we are called to stand at the crossroads in the midst of all that's happening, to slow down, to look, to consider, and to ask hard questions. As the text says, ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. All paths are not equal, and all paths do not lead to the same place. And we've got to be incredibly careful about which path we choose to follow. And no one was more adamant about this than Jesus himself, who at one point he says, I want you to enter through the narrow gate for there's a wide gate and the road's broad that leads to destruction and many are entering through it. But the small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few are finding it. And that's very sobering. There is a road that leads to life and there's a road that leads away from it. And God is continually reaching out and calling and inviting us to take this road of life. Crossroads are these places of decision where a road divides and we can't go uh, both ways. It's a little bit like we're in a Robert Frost poem. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood and we cannot take both. We've got to choose. Uh, There is a good way. There is an ancient, tried, and true way that will lead us to rest. But now don't get ahead of me here and just start to hear me saying, okay, I want rest, and so I need to walk in the good way, which means I just need to be good, and I need to make good decisions about how I live. That will mess us up really bad because it misses a crucial part of finding rest. And that brings us to our third and final point, and that is that the pathway to this rest that we were made for and that we crave and need is actually a person, the only one who can give us this rest. And we see this clearly in the passage you just read from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus himself calls us to this rest. But listen carefully to where he directs us to find it. He says, come to me, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, which I think is all of us, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's no prerequisites. There's no hoops to jump through. There is this invitation to come as you are, And to embrace Jesus for who he is and who he is for us. And these words deserve so much of our attention, but I only want to say this for now. The the rest that we all crave, the relief we desire from, from all the restlessness, from our guilt, from our shame, our pride, our anxiety, our lust, our bitterness, our jealousy, is found not in just trying harder 
to be better, but in coming to Jesus. And I want to read a quote, and it's a long one from pastor and theologian John Calvin, and I realize that some of our kids are listening right now and might not quite track with this, but I want to throw it out there anyways, and so stick with me. Because, because Calvin directs us, helps us to see that, that what we are looking for is, is found in Jesus. He says, if we're looking for strength, it's found in his dominion. If we're looking for purity, it's in his conception. If gentleness, in his birth. If we're looking for redemption, it's found in his passion or his suffering. If we're looking for acquittal or forgiveness, it's found in his condemnation. If we're looking for remission or the withdrawing of the curse, it's found in his cross. If we're looking for purification, it's found in his sacrifice and his blood. And if we're looking for newness of life, it's found in his resurrection. If we're looking for inheritance of all blessings, it's found in his kingdom. If we're looking for untroubled expectation of judgment, it's found in his power to give to Jesus to judge. In short, and get this, since rich store of every kind of good abounds in Jesus, let us drink our fill from this fountain and from no other. And so I'm starting to see more clearly my own restlessness and the need for, for God to do some deep tilling and planting and cultivating in my life. But I'm also starting to see more clearly that it's only in Jesus that I will find the rest that I, I was made for and that I crave. And so today, this week, and especially this season, my encouragement to all of us is this, to stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where this good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Amen.